Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Phil Longo is the current offensive coordinator at Wisconsin. He was the offensive coordinator at North Carolina for four years. Coach Sam Howell, Coach Drake May. But the reason that I had him on my podcast yesterday, and I'm going to play it back for you right now, is he's good friends with Cliff Kingsbury. uh, And he and Cliff Kingsbury have been contemporaries, but they've also been compare notes guys together over the years. And he's a massive fan of Kingsbury and the hire. I started off by just asking him to kind of describe how their relationship came together. Remember, Kingsbury was with Mike Leach initially. Um, this is what Phil Longo said. Well, I, I initially met Cliff when he was a quarterback at Texas Tech for Mike Leach. So as I was out in Lubbock visiting Mike, I was sitting in a quarterback meeting room on, on numerous days during camp, and Cliff was the starting quarterback. And so um, I didn't get to know him real well then. I asked him a few questions, talked a little bit of a ball with him and the other quarterbacks that were in that room, but um, didn't really hit it off then. But that was just when I met him and, and, and uh, was introduced to him. And then as the years went on, you know, obviously he had such a tremendous career uh, as a quarterback at Texas Tech. And then when he got back into coaching, you know, I sought him out as a guy that had had a lot of success. And it was one thing to hear about the offense and learn it from Mike. But I've, I've always found I, I, I really enjoy learning it from guys that actually played in it, particularly the quarterbacks, because their experience as a quarterback in the system was really helpful to me. So at some point I wound up reaching out to Cliff, I mean, he was at Oklahoma State, and then he goes to Houston. To this day, the Houston offense that he coordinated is still the most prolific in in all history of college football. And then he went to A&M and had Manziel and all kinds of success there. And during the Houston years and the, the A&M years, I got to know him much better. I used to visit him. Um, and, and so, you know, after a while, you know, you're in the business this long, you just develop relationships with people. I always gravitated to to Cliff Kingsbury because I thought um, after studying, you know, for four or five years, the top 10 coordinators in college football, his creativity and the wrinkles and the plays that he ran from week to week that weren't part of the base offense had a very, very high success rate. And I just felt like the plays that he ran that were outside the box with regards to, you know, the creativity were really successful, more successful than most and so I started visiting him. I got to know him better, and you know he was very generous with his time. And 
and I think it directly impacted. I know it directly impacted, you know, the way I I approach offensive football. Uh, you mentioned that Houston team, uh, which he was a part of to get his coaching career started, and you said it's the most prolific offense in history. I just want everybody to understand that Houston team averaged fifty points a game and nearly six hundred yards per game. And it really was, right, uh, Phil? It was the beginning of really seeing the Mike Leach effect, the spread, the 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 pace in which you were trying to run 90-plus, you know, offensive snaps a game, et cetera. And that Houston team was unbelievable. I think it went 12-1, and one, something like that, lost to Southern Miss in their championship game and then beat Penn State in, the, in a bowl game. And Case Keenum was the starter, uh, had a really good season. But that, that team was – that's about as – I mean, we've seen some explosive college teams. You've had some and coached some, you know, at North Carolina, but that team was off the charts. They, they were, and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of what I got there from Cliff really wound up being um, a good part of what we did at Sam Houston State where we had some some fun of our own on offense. And, I, and it just I, – I just uh, – you know, he was a guy that said, listen, this is how people do it in football traditionally over the years. I don't know if that's the best way for our team. We're going to do what's best for our team. And he just was very willing to say, we're going to do it this way because it makes sense to our players. And then they did it. And they were very successful doing it. And I always thought his teams played extremely instinctive football, which I'm a huge believer in. And so I want to teach the players what I need to teach them, what we need to teach them to be successful, but nothing more because I don't want to handicap athletes and guys with speed by teaching them too much. And he, his teams were always so instinctive. And so, you know, I, I, I really just I tried to get as much out of him as I could. And like I said, I mean, he was uh, we developed a little bit of trust and he, he started to share and it was extremely helpful to me and, so as the years go on, you just develop a relationship, and obviously I have a tremendous amount of respect for Cliff. So I want to get to what you think Cliff Kingsbury is going to be in his second go-round in the NFL. But before that, I've got a question for you that is specific to kind of the differences between the NFL and college when it comes to offensive football. Because there are much greater talent deficiencies coach in college than there are in the NFL there are ways to kind of scheme around that you know there are offenses that are considered to be kind of equalizers you know air raids spread run and shoot from back in the day Um, you know even the service academies with triple option is a way to kind of give them give themselves a chance to be competitive with teams that are bigger faster stronger how much harder is it to do at the NFL level, to have – it's not a gimmicky offense. Trust me, I'm not referring to it as that. But to have more of one of these kind of, for the lack of a better description, college offenses. Uh, I, can't, I can't speak for Coach Kingsbury, but I think if you really look at any really good coach who's successful consistently over the years, whether it's an offensive coach or a defensive coach, whether or not they have more talent than everybody else or not as much. It really, truthfully, if a coach is successful in all those different scenarios, it's because 
he finds a way with his scheme to win with the talent that you have on the roster. And it is really hard when you don't have a lot of talent to overcome you know, the talent gap when you're playing somebody that's so much better than you are. You can close the gap with coaching and scheme, but players really are, are the deal. They're the driving force. Now, on the other end of it, I do think play calling, and I do think that scheme is, is, is uh, drastically undervalued because we all know those teams that are out there that have equal talent to some other good teams, and they underachieve. So you can have a lot of talent on a team, and if you don't do a good job schematically and you don't do a good job coaching them, then they're going to underachieve even though you may have more talent than the team you're playing. I think Cliff is just a great example of a guy that's going to take what he wants to do on offense and get the most out of his players. And much like most good coaches, I think you're going to let the talent base drive what you do on offense or defense so that you can get the most out of those guys. I guess there's a better way to have asked that question and a more direct way to have asked that question, and that is this. Why didn't it work out for Cliff Kingsbury at Arizona, offensively and overall? Well, I was, I was busy coaching my team, so I didn't, <laughs> it wasn't like I was evaluating the Cardinals, but I, but I certainly followed them and studied what he did because I, I respect what he does. I, quick synopsis for me and what little I know about that. I know that the Cardinals improved each year when he first got there. And I think it's really, really hard to overcome in the NFL when you lose a quarterback who is as talented as, as Kyler Murray. And so it, it obviously changes what your capabilities are. It changes, um, obviously, the talent base at the most important position on the field. And and so, in, in my opinion, until that happened, the Cardinals were actually trending in a positive direction. It gets very, very difficult. You know, I went through the same thing this year. We went through the same thing this year with right. with our quarterback who broke yeah. his hand and yeah. missed five games. Yeah. Uh, and so it affects what you do. Do you think that part of it is just that he's built to be a coordinator at the NFL level, not a head coach? Yeah, I, I don't feel that way. But I know that anywhere he has coordinated an offense, they have found a way to score points and move the football. Tell me what the offense will look like here in Washington. Best guess when he gets here and and they start Ooh, playing guess, games next year. Your guess, your guess is as good as mine. I know you know I'm biased, but I think he has a good quarterback at the moment. Um, and I, I don't know what the roster looks like. I don't know what the talent base looks like. So it, it would really be. Uh, it, it's just not something I can tell you because I have not, I don't know what sure. he wants to do well, offensively right now, and I don't know what the roster looks like. So that's a, that's a difficult question. Well, what are the basic kind of hallmarks of a Cliff Kingsbury offense? Uh, distribution to all your athletes, getting the football to all five skill players so that the defense has to defend all five, you know, and then and, and attacking all areas of the field. And the most difficult thing for any defense to do going into a game is knowing that the offense will attack the entire field and knowing that the ball will be distributed to all five skill players. And, and that makes you have to defend all the real estate and all of the population, and that's hard to do. And I think that's just been a staple of all of his, all of his teams. And I don't know that that'll be any different when he's there. But that's, that's really about as much as I could lend to it because without seeing the roster and knowing what he's thinking right now, it, it's hard for me to speak for him. 
What have you thought from afar of, or what did you think from afar of Sam Howell's season this year where he got a chance to start for 17 games? Well, so for me, I mean, I look at it a little differently. I, I, I try not to evaluate everything that's around him. You know, I have not coached in the NFL, and so uh, I'm not going to claim to know, you know, what the talent disparity is from one team to the next, but uh, you'd like to, you know, obviously um, be able to sit down and evaluate Sam knowing everything that he has around him. I didn't. I just watched his season and I graded him the same way I did when he played for us at North Carolina, just to see whether he's making good decisions and triggering the ball on time and doing the same things that I expected him to do when he was at North Carolina. And I was actually very pleased for a guy that's never started in the league before. Um, I thought he did a great job. And, you know, obviously you want to surround your quarterback with as much talent as you can. And and hopefully that's the direction that the, the commanders go as they move forward with a new owner, a new coach, and a new coordinator. What would have been the things, and maybe you've already told him this, that you, after grading him this year, thought he needed to improve upon? Well, I, I think any time that it's, uh, you struggle to protect, you know, it becomes a huge priority. It is already anyway, but it becomes a huge priority to make quick decisions and, and quick triggers because when you hold the ball, if, if you hold the ball, it puts more stress on an offensive line and if they're not doing a great job protecting you know, then obviously from a scheme standpoint, even from a coaching standpoint, you want to do things to help your quarterback so you can get the ball out of his hand. And and uh, I I can't say that was a Sam Howell thing. I, I think that's uh, that's an approach I think a coach, any coach would want to take if their offensive line is having a hard time protecting. And I don't I don't think that was any secret this year. Have you talked to Cliff about Sam Howell? Uh, not recently, I have not. I mean, we, we, we talked heavily about him when he was coming out. Um, and, um, you know, oftentimes I'll ask Cliff to evaluate my guys. I'm, I always want to know if there's something I can do better to prepare my guys, you know, that I'm coaching that are in my room. And so uh, we've discussed Sam, we've discussed Drake May because he played for us at North Carolina and numerous other quarterbacks over the years. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, uh, from a fan standpoint, I mean, I love Sam personally. I do think he's a very good quarterback, and I'm a huge fan of Cliff, and I think he's an excellent coach. So it's exciting for me if they wind up being together this year to be able to watch the two of them on the same team if that's what happens. Let's take Sam Howell out of the equation for just a moment. This is a hypothetical. I understand this, but you are a college football, major college football offensive coordinator and pay attention to college football. Washington has the number two pick in the draft. Uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels are the top three quarterbacks, according to almost everybody at this point. Things can change between now and the end of April. Um, if Washington decided to select a quarterback among those three, which of the three do you think Cliff Kingsbury would prefer? Man, I'll tell you what, I'm not trying to skate your questions, but I have really, I don't know which one he would. He has experience with Caleb Williams, so that that sometimes provides a comfort level, just like I would have a, a, a high comfort level with Drake because I've coached him. And then, you know, and you brought up Jaden Daniels, who's also 
you know, highly talented. So I really don't know. I, I have a hard time speaking for Cliff because I haven't <laughs> talked to him about it and I don't know what he'd do, mm-hmm. you know, I, but so it's hard. That's, it's almost impossible for me to answer because I don't know what he's thinking. Well, will Sam, all right, let me ask you, you, if, if you were on the clock and it was your decision, which of the three would you pick? <laughs> Oh, I'm going to pick Drake May every time because I know him. <laughs> right. Okay. So I, I, you know, I know him, and I know he can do the job. It doesn't yeah. mean the other two can't. The other two are really, really special. They're really special, and uh, but I, I think they're all so close. I think they're all so close in value. I think all three of them are going to help an NFL team. That I would lean on the one that I already have experience coaching, because I know his character. I know how obsessed he is with the game. And I know that he can handle the job. All right, last one. Um, will will Drake would Drake May and Sam Howell both benefit significantly um, in a Cliff Kingsbury system because they played in yours? I think there would be a lot of similarities. Absolutely, I think anybody that comes from an offense in this family is going to um, have a comfort level because the approach is very similar. You know, sometimes terminology is different or a specific route or technique is different. But overall, you know, I've had quarterbacks that came here at Wisconsin that came from air raid systems elsewhere, and there was a lot of overlap and, and a high comfort level because the, the similarity and the approach is the same. So, yes, I think they would they would benefit from having been in a very similar system. At the end of the day, though, regardless of what quarterback Cliff coaches and what route or direction he decides to take offensively, it's going to be one that benefits the quarterback and benefits the team, and he's going to be successful no matter who he coaches. Phil Longo, everybody, one of the real outstanding offensive minds in college football today. He's at Wisconsin, and yeah, the Big Ten season next year. I, I forget which of the West Coast teams Wisconsin plays, but it's gonna it's gonna feel different starting next year with the league adding USC, UCLA. Uh, Washington and Oregon. Um, that'll be uh, that'll be strange. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it, uh, and thanks for the insight. You got it. Appreciate the invite. Y'all have a good one. And he was brought to you by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today, or visit betql.com. As Phil Longo joined us on our BetQL guest hotline. All right, uh, line it up on the phones for Super Bowl. Trivia, 301-230-0980. We do this every Super Bowl year. Do a segment a day minimum. Uh, Hard question to start, a very hard question followed, and then a maniacally difficult question to finish up. If you get all three, you will win a prize that we will describe when we come back. Super Bowl trivia, phone lines open, 301-230-0980. Test your Super Bowl knowledge against the questions that I've put up and have ready to go. Some good ones, especially if you get to level three. Kevin Sheehan showed the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I hope we can get to level three questions this week. We usually do a few times. So it's Super Bowl trivia for, I don't know, the 14th straight season here on the show. We're going to do at least a segment a day for the rest of the week leading into Super Bowl 58. If you can answer three questions in a row, uh, the first level is the easiest level, but they aren't easy questions, although some of them are, especially the Redskins-related Super Bowl questions for Redskins fans. Uh, If you can answer then uh, a second-level question, which is pretty damn hard, and then a third-level question, which is near impossible. If you hit all three, we're going to give you a choice of tickets, a pair of tickets to either a Wizards, Caps, or Terps basketball game. All right, so if you get all three, you're going to get a pair of tickets. It's not like the old days where we were giving out straight cash, homie. Tommy and I gave out straight cash right from our own pockets. We are not allowed to do that anymore. It was better when there were no rules around this. Uh, It's the fun of playing the game anyway, not necessarily the prize. All right, 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. Our ACE Law lines are open. Three, uh, call 88, 88 ACE, ACE Law, that is. Uh, if you're in a wreck, ACE Law helps you get a check. That's 8888 88 ACE Law. Let's start with Phil in Frederick. Phil, are you ready to play Super Bowl trivia? Yes, I am, Kevin. All right. So I always start in this first level by asking if you are, you know, a Washington Skins fan, because let's face it, it's the Redskins teams that went to the Super Bowl and won Super Bowls, not the Washington football team or the Commanders. So are you a fan of the hometown team? Yes. Okay, so I will start with kind of an easy level question for level one that is applicable to the team that you like. All right. Name the NFL's MVP – the year Washington went to its first Super Bowl back in 1972 it was the 72 season. They played in the Super Bowl on January 14th, 1973. It was Super Bowl Seven against the Dolphins. Washington had the NFL MVP that season. Name him. You've got 25 seconds. Larry Brown. Very good. All right, that's an easy one for a Washington football fan. Let's move to level two, and we've got some new level twos here that sort of deal on some level with uh, the quarterback that is playing for the first time in this game. All right, here we go. Level two here as we speak with Phil from Frederick. If Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl 
on Sunday. He'll become just the second number 13 in history to win the big game. Who was the other? You've got 25 seconds. Go. Mm, it's not Dan Marino. Um, 13. Len, Len, Len Dawson? Incorrect. Incorrect. Uh, you were right not to say Marino because Marino did not win the Super Bowl. Uh, it was not Len Dawson. Len Dawson wore number 16. Uh, Denton, you are keeping the clock, right, on the 25-second countdown? Yes, he was, I was, he was just about to get his 10-second warning, so he did a good job okay. managing the clock there. Very good. Let's go to our good friend Joe in Springfield. Saw Joe the other night at the event uh, in Bethesda. Joe, you ready to play some Super Bowl trivia? Hey, Kevin. Yes, I am. It was good seeing you Friday night as well. All right, here we go. Uh, Joe, of course, is a fan of our team, so I will start with a Super Bowl-related question you know for... That, Kevin. It's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're, you should get this. You should get this. I All right, here so. we go. I hope so. <laughs> Who holds the record for the most rushing yards in a Super Bowl game? You got 25 seconds. John Riggins. Who holds the record for the most rushing yards in a Super Bowl game? This should be John easy Riggins. for you. Oh, oh uh, Joe! Smith, Smith. Joe, it's too late. I almost said Timmy Smith. I almost said Timmy Smith. Sorry. Yeah, Timmy Smith's 204 yards in Super Bowl yeah, 22 is a record that still Kevin, stands sorry. today. Remember, Rigo did have. When he rushed for 166 yards in Super Bowl 17, that was the most in that moment. And then the next year, Marcus Allen broke Rigo's record by rushing for 191 yards in Super Bowl 18. Sorry, Joe. Um, you can call back uh, later in the week and take a swing at it. We do have an open line right now, 301-230-0980, if you want to play Super Bowl trivia. Let's go to John. John's calling from Jacksonville. John, you ready to play? Yes, Kevin. It's been a little while. I'm ready. All right. Uh, John, you are a Skins fan, correct? I am, yes. Okay, here's, I think, a fairly easy Redskins-related <laughs> Super Bowl question. Here we go. The Redskins okay. played in five Super Bowls in five different places. Name the five places, cities, not stadiums, go. Oh, gosh. Uh, Los Angeles? That's one. Um, Pasadena. Two. Um, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Three. Uh, the Metrodome. Um, ba, 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 um, you don't have to name uh, the Tampa, stadium, just the Tampa, city. Tampa. Ten seconds. Tampa's four, and there's Tampa. one more. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, um, oh, my gosh. I'm drawing Five. a blank. Um, oh, dang it. Mm. Almost, almost got four out of the five. You're gonna, oh, I should have gotten gonna that. Really gotten be that. upset when you think about this, uh, John. Thanks for the call. Okay, be- thanks. Because it was the Doug Williams Super Bowl. Yo, yo, yo. Um, it was in San Diego. I will shelve that uh, question for the rest of the week. Uh, the San, it was L.A., Pasadena, Tampa, San Diego, and oh, Minneapolis in that order. How'd you feel being around the public? What'd you say? What'd you oh, say? sorry. Doc just walked in here. Oh, okay. All right. Super Bowl trivia continues. Uh, we have 
gotten to level two, I think, once. Russell in Delaware wants to play. Russell, you ready? Bring it on, Kevin. I am a Skins fan. All right, I'm going to give you an easy level one Redskins-related question here. This should be pretty easy. Name the Redskins three MVPs in their three Super Bowl wins. You've got 25 seconds. We've won three Super Bowls, and there were three different MVPs. Name them. John Riggins. One. Doug Williams. Two. Mark Rippon. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. Got We got ding, to round ding, two. Ding. With Russell, who's calling from Delaware. All right, round two, level two question. Um, All right, the level two question is this. There are only two quarterbacks who have ever started a Super Bowl game as an undrafted free agent. Name them. Just two quarterbacks have started a Super Bowl as an undrafted free agent. Name those two quarterbacks. You've got 25 seconds. Russell, go. Well. One of them's a Hall of Famer. Two um, quarterbacks. Joe Montana? No, Joe Montana was not an undrafted free oh, agent. Oh, he was not. He was drafted. Of course, he was yeah. drafted. Yeah, sorry Uh-oh. about that. Um, only two quarterbacks have ever started a Super Bowl as an undrafted free agent. We will throw that one back into the rotation uh, in case somebody gets to level two. Let's go to Fred in Southeast. Fred, you ready to play Super Bowl trivia? I'm ready, Kevin. How you doing? I'm well, Fred. Are you a Skins fan? I think you are. Absolutely. All right. Let's start with a level one question That is Redskins Super Bowl related. All right, here we go. Washington has had only one quarterback start more than one Super Bowl. Name him. Only one of Washington's quarterbacks have started more than one Super Bowl game for Washington. Name that quarterback. For Washington? For Washington. We've only had four different quarterbacks start Super Bowl games, and one of those four started in two Super Bowl games. Who was that? Ten seconds. Come on, Fred. You can get this one. Uh, He was just on the show last week with me. Five. Joe Thaddeus? Yes. Yes. Theisman. Okay, I, it took me a minute. Okay. That's all right. Theisman okay. is the only quarterback to have ever start started two Super Bowl games okay. for Washington. All right. Uh, Fred gets to level two. Here we, go. Here we go. Level two question. Let me look around. All right. This is also a Washington-related level two question. Fred, are you ready? I'm absolutely ready, Kevin. Let's go. Who was the highest drafted Washington starting quarterback in a Super Bowl? It doesn't matter which team drafted this player, whether it was Washington or somebody else, but this gentleman started in a Super Bowl for Washington, and he was the highest drafted 
quarterback to ever start for Washington in a Super Bowl. Name him. You've got 25 seconds. Go. Highest drafted Washington quarterback that started in a Super Bowl. For Washington. For Washington. What doesn't necessarily mean he was drafted by Washington, but he was the highest drafted quarterback to start a Super Bowl. Five seconds. Take a guess. No, not Mark Rippon. Mark Rippon was taken in the sixth round. I'll put that one back into rotation. That's actually a good one um, because you do have to think a little bit about that because there have been a couple of highly drafted quarterbacks that have started in Super Bowls uh, for Washington. So that one goes back into rotation. Uh, We'll do another segment here. So if you're on hold, stay there. We've got an open line at 301-230-0980. We're doing our Super Bowl trivia thing. Three levels of questions, hard, much harder, and near impossible. But if you get all three, you will win a pair of tickets to your choice, a Wizards Caps or Terps uh, home play uh, home game, not playoff game. Uh, our big game coverage on the Team 980 all week is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. A little bit of weather issues out in Las Vegas this week. The San Francisco 49ers are dealing with, be, with what's being described as a soft field due to the amount of rain that is coming down on the West Coast. Their practice facility for the week is at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. The field has cleared all safety inspections, but it is not as firm as the 49ers would like. They did, however, have a walkthrough yesterday, and everything seemed fine. Caps back in action tonight after the NHL All-Star break. They host the Canadians at 7. You can hear that on our sister station, 106.7 The Fan. Right heel, you'll hear the Terps. They host Rutgers at 6.30 pregame at 6. And that's what's trending. Hey, Kyle Shanahan yesterday at the Super Bowl had some very nice things to say about Washington's hiring of Dan Quinn and Adam Peters. I'll play that for you in about 10 minutes. But we continue with Super Bowl trivia. Answer three questions from hard to much harder to very, very difficult, and you'll win a pair of tickets to either a Caps, Wizards, or Terps game this year or next whenever you want uh, that. Um, no more cash offerings, not allowed to do it, um, which always came out of the pockets of one Kevin Sheehan and Tom Lavero. Lavera had Ajita over it each year. Used to crack me up. All right, let's get back to the phone lines. Larry from Illinois has been on hold. Larry, you ready to play Super Bowl trivia? Yes, I am, Kevin. Big fan of yours and root for all the teams that you do, so I'm a big fan of yours. All right, so let's start with a Skins-related level one question. This should be really easy, all right? Name the Redskin who intercepted Dolphin Garo Upremian's infamous pass on a botched field goal and raced 49 yards for a touchdown in Super Bowl Seven. Name him. You've got 25 seconds. Uh, Mike Bass. There you go. That's easy. Yeah, We take that one out of ro- rotation. That one I don't think has ever been missed in the history of Super Bowl trivia. 
on this show. All right, let's go to a level two question. Um, So, you know, one of the storylines of the Super Bowl this week is just Brock Purdy, you know, Mr. Irrelevant picked in the seventh round. However, uh, he's not the lowest drafted quarterback in NFL history to start a quarterback. So, this is a question about the drafted quarterbacks who have started a Super Bowl game, not the two undrafted, which is back in the in the hopper for a, a question, but of the drafted quarterbacks who have started in a Super Bowl, who was the quarterback taken in the latest round of the draft? Now, just keep in mind the draft hasn't always been seven rounds. All right, so you got 25 seconds. The quarterback drafted in the latest round of the draft to start a Super Bowl. 25 seconds, go. I believe he was drafted in the 17th round, and it's Johnny Unitas. It's incorrect. It's not a bad guess, though. Um, It's not a bad guess at all. I'm sorry? I thought it was Johnny U for sure. Johnny U was actually selected in an earlier round than that. But no, there is a quarterback that was drafted, actually two quarterbacks who were drafted in a much later round. Um, One much later than anybody else. Uh, But that was a good effort, Larry. Appreciate that. Try again. Let's go to Frank in Columbia. Frank, you ready to play some Super Bowl trivia? Yes, I am. I'm ready to go. You a Washington fan? Absolutely. All right. Um, we'll start with this one. I don't think this is the easiest of my Washington questions, but if you're a real Washington, you should, should be able to get this. How many times has Washington played a Super Bowl in the state of California? All right. How many times has Washington played a Super Bowl in the state of California? You've got 25 seconds. Go. You can talk through it if you want. Oh, my God. They've played in five. They've won three. Three of them were in the state of California. Twice. 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 I just, by the way, I gave him the answer. I'm I'm I'm, going to give you... I'm going to give you a different question. Did you hear what I did? I actually gave him the answer. I said three of them have been in the state of California. Three times. L.A., Pasadena, San Diego. All right. I am eliminating that question from uh, the rotation. I'm going to let you hang in there because I botched that completely. Here we go. Name the Redskin who had two interceptions in Super Bowl twenty six, which was their last Super Bowl appearance and their third Super Bowl win, the the Washington Redskins safety who had two interceptions in Super Bowl twenty six. You've got twenty five seconds. Go, Brian Davis. No, it was not Brian Davis. Brad. Yeah, you got it there, but it was too late. Sorry about that. Um, Brad Edwards was the correct answer. Let's go to Ted in Rockville. Ted, you ready to play Super Bowl trivia? Let's do it. Are you a Skins fan? No. Okay, good. Then I'll give you a different level one question that has nothing to do with uh, the Washington football franchise. This is as easy as it gets. Who won last year's Super Bowl? Uh, the Chiefs. Very good. 
Ted from Rockville is on to level two. Uh, that was the easiest question that I'll throw out there all week long. Yeah. All right, thank here you. we go. Um, level two question. Here we go. Name the three quarterbacks from the University of Maryland to take snaps in a Super Bowl game. You've got 25 seconds. Go. Three Maryland quarterbacks. Uh, Boomer Sison, That's one. Frank Reich. That's two. And Gelbaugh. Incorrect on the third one. You needed to settle. You needed to just slow down on the third one. Sorry. You missed. You got two of the three. You did not get the third one. Damn. I thought we were going to get to level three there with Ted. Let's go to Mark in Centerville. Mark, ready to play Super Bowl trivia? I'm ready, Kevin. Are you a Skins fan? Oh, yeah. Okay, let me find a level one Washington question here. I'm going to try to find an easy one here. All right. How many Super Bowls did John Riggins play in? You got 25 seconds. Two. They're very good. Super easy. Super easy for Mark in Centerville. Let's go to a level two Super Bowl question. Um, all right, here we go. There are only three quarterbacks who have won the Super Bowl wearing jersey number 15. Name them. You've got 25 seconds. Ooh, let's see three Super Bowl winning quarterbacks have won jersey number 15. Name them. Go. Uh, Bart Starr. That's one of them. Uh, Mahomes. That's two. Ten seconds. Uh, fifteen. Jeez. You got the two uh, easy ones. Yeah. Well, if I had about twenty minutes, Five. I'd run through the Super Bowls and come up with it. But uh, let's see, fifteen, fifteen. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. Got That's me. not an easy one. It is one that if you're in front of a. Uh, your phone, you can probably look up, I'm guessing. Um, let's finish with Daniel and Elkridge. Daniel, you ready to play Super Bowl trivia? I am, yeah, Kev. Are you a Washington fan? Yes, but I'm only 38 years old. So, <laughs> Well, I'm sorry about that. They haven't played in Super Bowls recently, you may have noticed. Um, uh, occasionally. All right, you know what? I'll give you a non-skin Super Bowl question. Name the four franchises currently in the NFL who have never played in a Super Bowl. Four franchises have never participated in a Super Bowl. Name them. You've got 25 seconds. Uh, The Lions. One. The Jaguars. Two. uh, The Browns. Three. And the Texans. Very good. Those are the four that have never played in a Super Bowl. We got close with the Lions. The Jags have been in the championship game. Houston's had championship game appearances, and the Browns have had several of them. Uh, They lost three of them to Denver in the 1980s. All right, let's get to level two here with Daniel from Elkridge, and we got to speed it up here. All right, here we go. Um, All right. Uh... 
Only one franchise has won Super Bowls back-to-back two different times. Which franchise did it? One franchise has won Super Bowls back-to-back two different times. Who did it? you got 25 seconds. Uh, So it's either going to be San Francisco or Pittsburgh based on just how many they have. I'm going to go Pittsburgh. Ten seconds. There you go. You got it. We got to get to a level three question here. You got a chance to win the tickets. Here we go. This is this is a Super Bowl question that also involves politics. All right? There are five colleges that have produced both Super Bowl winning quarterbacks and U.S. presidents. Name the colleges that have produced Super Bowl winning quarterbacks and U.S. presidents. You've got 25 seconds. Go. Uh, Navy would be one. That is one. Very good. The Naval Academy. Stanford? Stanford is two. You got three more. Ten seconds. Michigan is three. You've got two more. Miami of Ohio. That's four. You got one more. Five. Delaware. Oh, he got it! He got it! You looked it up, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) That's all right. There are no rules against looking it up. Well done. We got a winner on day one. Daniel from Elkridge. Uh, I'll play the Kyle Shanahan uh, sound for you tomorrow because I don't care about that right now. So, real quickly, Joe Biden, Joe Flacco, Stanford was Herbert Hoover along with John Elway and Jim Plunkett. Miami University was Ben Roethlisberger and then Benjamin Harrison, 23rd president in the U.S. Michigan, kind of easy. We know Brady and then Gerald Ford and then the U.S. Naval Academy, of course, Staubach. Um, and we also had uh, we also had uh, uh, multiple presidents from the Naval Academy, uh, Jimmy Carter being one of them. All right, great job. Daniel, on hold, we'll get you free tickets to one of the three that you choose. We'll play more of it tomorrow. Chris Russell's up next. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.